0: Stay tuned for Captain Tracy Began of the Living Beyond Pain podcast, produced by the Defense Health Agency. Welcome back to the Living Beyond Pain podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all about movement and how engaging in physical activity and enjoyable activities can really impact the way we experience our pain. We're excited to have a special guest with us, Captain Amy Park of the U.S. Public Health Service. Captain Park is a clinical health psychologist, and she's currently working out of the Connected Health branch here at Joint Base Lewis-McChord. Welcome to the show, Captain
1: Park. Glad to be here.
0: So you really have an extensive background of working with individuals experiencing pain and how it can impact their overall health.
1: I really enjoy working with patients with chronic pain because chronic pain really involves the whole gamut of not just biological or medical issues, but psychological and social. And I believe that health psychologists can really intervene holistically, helping people get better, improve their functioning in their lives.
0: And oftentimes, patients with chronic pain will engage in guarding behaviors. So there's really a fear of, I'm afraid I'm going to injure myself again. I'm afraid that I'm going to make my pain worse or have to deal with another injury in a different part of their body. So oftentimes, I find that the patients I work with are really guarded about engaging in more movement, especially when they experience pain flare-ups.
1: It's a natural human instinct to not do something that causes pain without really realizing that when we stop moving or brace ourselves or tense up with pain, here again, another natural physiological response to pain that on a long term, it reduces functionality and our muscle weakens, thereby when we do need to use uh, that parts of the body, it causes more pain. So it causes that vicious cycle in dealing with pain.
0: So not only does decreased movement increase our experience of pain, but decreased movement can also lead to increased weight gain, which puts more stress and strain on our body, which then increases our pain flare-ups as well. So when we don't engage in regular physical activity, we're really increasing our pain and the experience of our flare-ups.
1: Exactly, and a lot of our service members don't necessarily make those connections because I think that we are so driven to really accomplish mission that oftentimes we have tendency to overdo, and then when pain flares up, then we'll stop engaging in that activity because we want to prevent the pain and until we get better, and then we overdo again. Here again, sort of engaging in what we call roller coaster cycle of pain, overdoing on good days and doing less on a bad day. And that's really the mentality that
0: our service members and veterans have grown up with and and had for so long of the suck it up and drive on. Exactly. Just get the mission done. Yes. And now we're saying, hold on, you need need to pace yourself. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about some strategies that our listeners can use if they want to start engaging in some physical activity?
1: As we talked about, people with chronic pain tends to overdo during good days and do less when they have bad days and oftentimes getting into this roller coaster cycle of pain. So one of the behavioral strategies that's proven to be quite effective in managing chronic pain is the concept called pacing which is basically helping people reset their level of activity based on time instead of pain. With pacing, we can encourage service members or veterans and people struggling with chronic pain to be intentional about picking an activity or two that they need to engage in or enjoy doing, not based on what they used to be able to do before injury. So for our listeners who may be
0: unfamiliar with what pacing is, it's establishing, just as you said, Captain Park, a time-based movement or activity. So say you want to start walking more. Maybe you start walking for three minutes, and then you take a rest for five minutes, and then you walk for another three minutes. So it's really about being time-bound, and it's also about the level of pain you're experiencing. You don't wanna go above your pain threshold to where you're taken out for the rest of the day. So it's really about monitoring that pain scale. So again, we talked about the two point scale and really incorporating those time
1: bound movements and activities. Exactly. So for instance, I would ask people, what are some of the activities that you used to really enjoy that you feel like you can't do anymore? So what uh, we can do with pacing strategy is helping them identify what their sweet spot is. So how long can you engage in an activity without increasing pain?
0: So oftentimes when we engage in, say, a new physical activity or exercise regimen, When we first begin, we're not so good at it, and it can actually cause us to experience some soreness and some muscle aches, and that's really common. And so I find my patients that are experiencing chronic pain, again, going back to those guarding behaviors, they might start to engage and they pick that activity, but then there's some soreness or some discomfort that comes along, and so they want to stop what would you recommend for a listener who has identified some uh, a physical activity that they wanna engage in, but
1: then they're experiencing some pain and discomfort? What tips could you give them? Really normalizing that there may be some soreness, there may be some discomfort, and helping our service members to identify, is this pain flare or is this a normal part of increasing activity for anyone. For instance, if we were to go to the gym and work out and we haven't worked out in a while, we're going to experience some soreness. And I think that part of the pain um, p- pain patients uh, is a fear that any kind of discomfort could equate to worsening of pain symptoms. And so really helping them understand that just because it's sore and uncomfortable doesn't necessarily mean that this is a pain flare, and helping them really stick to their time and increasing slowly. Another barriers that I find with our service members and veterans is that during good days, they tend to overdo it thinking, oh, I just have a little more dishes to do, or I can just vacuum through this. Why stop? Even though they know that their time is up. And so they push through and get into sort of their old habit of, let me just push through and finish the job. And at times leading them to have the next pain flares. So that has been another area where it's, it's a barrier.
0: And it sounds like it's about self-awareness, too, about understanding the difference of how your body experiences hurt when you engage in a new physical activity or an exercise regimen versus harm where there's a new injury.
1: Exactly.
0: If I'm understanding you correctly, because of the circumstances of the injury and the chronic pain, we kind of have to shift what resources we're using. And I kind of think about some of our service members who maybe before they they had a family and they had this great sports car that was a two-seater and they drove really fast and then they got married and had a couple kids they're not going to use the same driving habits or the same vehicle to get their family where they need to go because they're all not going to fit pretty sure we can't put kids in the trunk (laughs) think the law enforcement frowns on that right so if we're looking at how we can shift what we need now with our current situation and what we're currently experiencing in our bodies and readjust. And we are great at readjusting and adapting in the military. And that is really one strength that I know all of our veterans and military members have is we're taught to adapt and overcome, but really adapting in a way that's helpful for us and how we experience our chronic pain.
1: Captain Began, that's a really great example Many times when I try to explain the concept of pacing, service members get really stuck by, what do you mean I have to uh, plan an activity? What do you mean I have to not finish a task because my time is up? And uh, explaining to them in terms of, let's say if you were planning a trip, and you have to go from... Uh, place, uh, one place to another, what do you need to do? Oh, I need to make sure that I have my all the ID cards and I need to make sure I have, I have I have gas in the car and I have to make sure that I've got food and schedules and itineraries, helping people to really translate that into managing their chronic pain in terms of A, being thoughtful about what activity do you want to engage in? If we can engage in 10 activities without um, any pain prior to the injury, here and now with injury and chronic pain, what two activities or three activities could you engage in that is intentional, that is meaningful, that is going to uh, give back and increase your quality of life? And then how would you strategize it and slowly increasing it without increasing pain?
0: That's a really great example of how resilient our service members are and our veterans are. And you know, a great example of utilizing pacing is a patient I worked with and she allowed me to share this story, hoping it would encourage other people experiencing chronic pain. And so it was it was around the holidays and she really enjoyed putting up decorations, but she hadn't been able to do it for several years because of her pain. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that she wanted to do and one of her physical activities was to engage in decorating her house. She wasn't able to do it all in one day. So we looked at using that uh, SMART goal strategy of breaking down, okay, I want to decorate my house. Okay, today I'm going to start with this windowsill right here. And it took her about a week and a half to get all of her decorations out. And she said, I'm so thankful I did because now I can enjoy them, and I haven't been able to enjoy them in several years. So maybe I can't do it as fast as I used to, but I was able to do
1: it, and I wasn't in pain. That is such a great example. Utilizing the SMART goal, that's an activity that's specific and measurable and achievable, can really give back to our pain patients some of their quality of life back, that it can help them shift their frame of mind from what all the things that they cannot do to strategizing to identify ways to be able to do the activities that they once were able to do. I always tell patients, nobody, no doctor can tell you in the future what they are able to or not able to do. But we can certainly engage in all the strategies that are proven effective here and now to really work on slowly increasing their functionality so that they are able to get the quality of life and meaning back in their life.
0: I want to encourage our listeners. Hopefully, you're gleaning some good information, and even if you're just starting to think about, maybe I could do something different, we want to encourage you to look over the resources that we're going to have in our show notes, and Captain Park, I just want to thank you so much for being on our show today and talking to us about the importance of movement and how it can really help us reduce how we're experiencing our chronic pain and sharing with us about pacing and really the importance of engaging in those physical activities. And again, we want to remind our listeners, if you start a new exercise regimen, please check with your primary care provider to make sure that it's a safe activity for you to engage in.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you to our listeners. We're really excited that you've joined us today, and we hope you'll tune in next time for our next segment of Living Beyond Pain. Until next time, be well.